Okay, Jed, are you ready to get in bed with me? I think I already am. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Hello, everyone. Jed, thank you so much for joining us. My I have Dr. Jed Kaminatsky here with me. He's a urologist that specializes in sexual health and low testosterone, right? All sorts of men's All health, of sexual things. health. Yeah. Okay. Low testosterone. Low testosterone. Okay. To start, um, I get you bet you get this all the time. Can people really break their penises? People can break their penis, <clears throat> and um, it's actually a surgical emergency. Okay. And the way people obviously they're no so go to the ER if it happens to you. Right. So the, obviously there's no bones in the penis to break. But the penis is made when it's rigid, it's filled with blood, and there's a this fibrous cylinders, two of them, that are filled with blood. And if you have a sharp uh, contact pressure with the erect penis, it could fracture. So that typically happens if somebody's having sex. They might be a little drunk. It's usually they're a little drunk, and you slip out either in doggy or if the woman's on top and then slips out and then slams into either the hip or the butt, buttock, and mm-hmm. it happens. it's not pretty and it's not subtle. So. Have you seen it or you don't because you're in a private practice? No, I've seen oh. it. I've mm-hmm. seen it. And um, <clears throat> patients have a lot of pain. You may hear a popping sound. <clears throat> they um, There's a lot of bruising. Mm-hmm. So it's... You develop what's called uh, an eggplant penis. Now, the emoji, mm. obviously, for penis is an eggplant, but that's um, that's what it looks like, an eggplant. So, um, and yeah, so if you don't fix it, then scar tissue develops, and the patient can develop Peyronie's disease. Oh, wow. Where you get shortening or curvature of the penis. Mm. Okay, so long story short, please go get it checked out if your penis breaks. Or, long story short, be careful. <laughs> Don't break Don't your break penis. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, um, how can people know if their cum is normal? I guess it's like the equivalent of your vaginal discharge being normal. Yeah, so a men's uh, cum or ejaculate is um, visually the only real thing uh, Thing that people come to me for is something called hematospermia. We have blood in the semen. Okay. And that's usually an inflammation, just a blood vessel breaks when mm-hmm. you ejaculate. So the uh, ejaculate or cum is made up of sperm. So what percent of the do you think is sperm? It's like 2%, right? Exactly. Yes. You know your sperm. All so, my years of studying. <laughs> 1 to 2%. Very good. And the rest are is the seminal fluid that comes from the prostate and the seminal vesicles. But you can't really tell if your sperm count is low right. unless you test it. And most people, their yeah. cum is normal. But what if they have a bacterial SCI? Like their cum might be smelly or a different color. Yeah, well. it might be... Uh, darker or there could be blood or it could have an have an odor mm-hmm. um, most STIs present with urethral discharge mm-hmm. so you know nasty looking fluid coming out of the urethra yeah 
or burning when they urinate. Yeah. Yellow if it's gonorrhea, right? A yellow discharge. The discharge, I think. Yeah, yeah, yellow. Now you're showing off. <laughs> I just read it in a friend's book, so I know about it. Okay. Um, recently, I've been around a lot of people that take Viagra, like even people young, like it's just, or their equivalents, right? It's been very common, but what I haven't heard about is the long term effects of taking Viagra. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, there was a time um, earlier in my career when five, when it was before it was generic, that I was the largest prescri single prescriber of Viagra in the country. Wow! So um, I'm a big proponent of it, and there are really no long-term side effects. So you don't become addicted tolerant. to it. You don't become tolerant of it. Now, uh, tolerance doesn't develop. Now, you may enjoy sex more with it so you may want to take it and we prescribe it to a lot of young people mm -hmm. young guys with uh, psychogenic ed just performance anxiety guys who maybe take it with a new partner mm -hmm. guys who maybe take it if they want to have sex two or three times in a night um you know so that's all fine mm -hmm. you know it's an enhancer yeah. So what I like to tell people, Viagra turns the clock back 15 years. Yeah. Now, if you're 25, you know, turns it back to 10. That may not be a good yeah, thing. but maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, but you cannot take two in one day. Like one is the max, right? Or there's a dosage limit. Yeah. So, you know, young people may just get, you know, a 20 milligram dose, which is the smallest dose of Viagra may last for two days. Oh, wow. And, you know, in the older people that that we may see who have high blood pressure, diabetes, they may need to take two pills, 200 milligrams okay. to get an erection. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the, the blood supply. Mm -hmm. So if you have good blood vessels, a low dose is going to be fine. Perfect. Okay, you talked about prescribing, pre oh my God, prescribing it for people with performance anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um how often is that, and does it really help? Because if you're in your head, can you still get an erection even if you take Viagra? Yeah, so if someone is <clears throat> severely anxious, it may not work so well, but most people uh, with normal blood vessels have a really good response. And they're not nervous because just taking that pill eases their anxiety. Yeah. So mm. they're not, yeah. So it's what I like to do sometimes in guys with anxiety and um, ED mm -hmm. is I put them on low dose Cialis every day. So they take a low dose daily because taking a pill to have sex might be a little anxiety provoking in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, and when we talk about Viagra, uh, to me, Viagra and or Sildenafil, the generic is equivalent to Cialis or its generic Tadalafil. Okay, lovely. So, right. I got this asked by a follower. Okay. Besides from using a cock ring or a penis ring, how can you stay hard with a condom on? And I have my own answer to this, but I want to hear yours. Okay. Well, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to stay hard with a condom. So a condom 
doesn't really impact your sensation. So I think guys who lose their erections with a condom, that's, you know, psychogenic ED. That's performance anxiety because it gets in their head, oh, no, I'm going to lose my erection with a condom. So, you know, we, I think sex therapy is we sometimes will send young guys with ED to um, to see a sex therapist. Um, you know, the pills, you said without pills, but mm -hmm. why, you know, why do it without pills? Yeah. I guess a, a ring, a, you know, constricting ring will help you maintain it. But, I mean, if you're really stressed out about wearing a condom, you're still going to lose, you know, could lose the erection. Mm -hmm. What's your idea? Well, most people, it's because they're not used to the sensation. They either had a partner that they didn't wear a condom with mm -hmm. or they masturbate a lot and very frequently and they don't wear a condom when they masturbate naturally. So they're just not used to the sensation. Of, and then it also breaks their routine of grabbing the condom, putting it on, and then they lose momentum. So my suggestion is that they, these people can start masturbating sometimes with a condom on and get used to. They're on their own. There's not that much anxiety. And then they get used to having a condom on, and then they can learn to love the sensation too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anything to sort of trick their brain exactly. into not getting anxious. So. You mentioned we're talking about ED and you brought up masturbating. So we see a lot of young guys who masturbate very frequently mm -hmm. and they masturbate to porn and they may be watching very extreme types of pornography and then they you know, can't perform when they're with a partner. So this is very, very common. Mm -hmm. And um, so we try to get them to masturbate, I say, look, you, you're developing your muscle memory. This is how you have sex. So either start masturbating without porn or have sex with your partner watching this porn. Yeah. And, you know, they don't want to show their partners yeah. <laughs> what kind of porn they're watching and their partners don't want to see that, mm -hmm. I would imagine. So... That's that's usually what we'll recommend in those people. Yeah, I see that those cases too. And the recommendation is to only watch porn one third of the times that you masturbate because you get used to it. Like, it's just your memory, right? like you said. Yeah. So if you don't have that stimulus, you, will, you won't get an erection, period. You have to train your brain to yeah, all times. People stimulus. don't have sex like porn stars. They're actors. People don't look like porn stars. So you develop this, you know, imagery mm -hmm. of what sex should be like and yeah. messes with their head. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, let's talk about some signs of low testosterone. Yeah. So low testosterone is very common. As a man gets older, the testosterone gradually decreases. So unlike a woman where they go into menopause and their hormones shut off or change dramatically. Men, it's more gradual. So signs and so let me answer it by telling you who I would check a testosterone for. Okay. So men who come into my office. Yeah. So I check a testosterone with any time a man has erectile dysfunction, any time a man has low libido, 
anybody who's obese, mm-hmm. anybody who has type 2 diabetes, because type 2 diabetes, 50% of them have low testosterone, anyone who uses opioids, because mm-hmm. 90% of them have low testosterone. Wow. Yeah, so, and if other things that people tell me, um, if they're depressed, um, I might check a testosterone because the signs and symptoms mm-hmm. of low testosterone are very similar mm-hmm. to depression. So wow. those are triggers for me to check a testosterone. Wait, so depression and low testosterone can be confused with each other because they show similar signs. Right, so uh, depression, if you're depressed, you, it, you know, your libido is going to be low, mm-hmm. um, you might have ED. You might think your ED and low libido is due to the um, the SSRI mm-hmm. antidepressants, but it may just be low testosterone. Okay. And so, any so signs and symptoms are low libido, erectile dysfunction, increased body fat, decreased muscle mass, loss of body hair, um, decrease depre- or increase, decrease, uh-huh. decrease. Um, right. Depression. Right. Um, Is it true that the beer belly that we call it can be a sign of low testosterone? Absolutely. So there's a very there's an epidemic in this country of um, something called metabolic syndrome, where and the the biggest uh, clue to that is a waist size. So a waist over thirty six is a mm-hmm. sign of metabolic syndrome, and it's associated with. Elevated blood sugars, elevated triglycerides, which are fats in the blood, and low testosterone. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are ways before we get into uh, testosterone replacement therapy? I want to talk about if there are ways to increase testosterone naturally. Absolutely. So anybody who I start on testosterone or even have a conversation. Um, about testosterone, they have to agree to do a few things. Lose weight, improve their sleep, because most of your testosterone is produced while you're asleep. Mm -hmm. So men have the highest testosterone in the morning when they wake up. So sleeping, decreased alcohol, good uh, healthy diet, And uh, another thing that increases testosterone is uh, exercise, but specifically weightlifting Mm -hmm. improves testosterone. And it's true that jacuzzis and really high temperatures, saunas and so on can decrease? No, that's sperm count. Yeah, sperm count. But you have to spend a lot of time in a jacuzzi to to really fry your testicles. (laughs) Okay, and... Getting your testosterone checked is actually very simple. It's just a blood test, right? Just a blood test. Uh, we like to do it in the morning when mm-hmm. testosterone levels are highest. And okay. to make the diagnosis of low testosterone, you have to have two things. You have to have a testosterone less than 300, so that's low, and symptoms. So we talked about the symptoms. Yeah. Now, 300 is, I don't like when there's you know, a, just a mm-hmm. number cut off because for a younger men, you know, 300 very might low. be very low. Mm-hmm. 
And for an older guy, it might be, you know, pretty normal. Ideal. Okay. And so who should be getting their testosterone checked? Is it every, anyone or just over a certain age or if you have symptoms or who? Yeah, I think I check it if uh, someone has symptoms. Mm -hmm. I don't think you necessarily need to check it on everybody. Some people like to know, and so we'll check it, but certainly if you have symptoms. And from a certain age, should you be checking it or... Also, no. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's any specific age. But if you if you have symptoms, you know, if any of those symptoms, you know, resonate with you, you know, mood, lack of motivation, libido, erections, or any uh, comorbid conditions like diabetes or mm -hmm. obesity, should check it. Amazing. Okay, you work a lot with testosterone replacement therapy. Can you explain a little bit what that is? Yeah, so when a man has low testosterone and we want to and they have symptoms and we want to increase their testosterone, we can do it one of two ways. So in a younger guy and particularly someone who may want to maintain their fertility, I'll put them on something that stimulates their pituitary gland. And, and the pituitary gland is what stimulates the testicles to make sperm and to make testosterone. So what that'll do is boost their testosterone and maybe even boost their sperm count, but maintain their sperm count. In someone who's older or someone who their pituitary is not working, or as someone who doesn't care about fertility, then we might put them on testosterone. And testosterone suppresses the pituitary, so it suppresses your body's own production. So uh, testosterone can be given as a gel that you rub on every day, mm. an injection that you give yourself once a week. There's pellets that we implant, and those last for three to four months. And over the past couple of years, there's um, some oral testosterones available. Uh, those need to be taken uh, twice a day with food. So it's a little less convenient, but it is oral. Okay. What about, because I see people recommending Kegel exercises or Kegel exercises for women or people with vulvas. Are there also benefits to do these for men? Yeah. So... The the obvious, the first place we use uh, Kegels are men who have had certain types of prostate surgery where their sphincter is weakened. So we have them do Kegels to strengthen their, their sphincter. Their Kegels might help, I mean, marginally, but might help some people with um, um, premature ejaculation mm -hmm. to strengthen those uh, muscles that to control, better control, and also may improve the sensation of orgasm. Orgasms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make them stronger. Right. Okay. Awesome. So it, there's no consequences. There's only benefits if men start doing Kegels? Yeah, there's no downsides to okay. Kegels. Perfect. Okay. You mentioned prostates. So... How can people have good prostate health? What what should they be doing? What is bad prostate health? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's different issues that occur in the prostate. There's, of course, prostate cancer. And there was um, 
there have been some studies that uh, said if a man ejaculates 25 times a month, um, that lowers their risk of uh, prostate cancer. Um, I told that to my wife, and she said, well, you lived a good life. Don't... Uh, <laughs> Don't count on me. I would be uh, like, you have two hands, oh, my buddy. Like, yeah. You can you take, take care of yourself. <laughs> take matters into your own yeah, hands. It literally. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, as far as you know, a good healthy prostate for uh, young people. I think um, sometimes people get inflammation in the prostate, prostatitis. That could be brought on by. Um, spicy foods, alcohol, mm. caffeine, stress. Um, a lot of people come and they think they're prostatitis and they've seen uh, five urologists and mm. they've been on you know 10 courses of antibiotics for prostatitis. And I examine them and the prostate's completely normal, completely normal. And what they have is pelvic floor spasm. Mm. So this is a really common misdiagnosis. And the, you know, your prostate sits at the bottom of your body, but in the perineum between your testicles and the anus. Mm -hmm. And there's all these muscles, small muscle groups down there. And if those muscles get spasmed or tight, mm -hmm. then um, you're going to feel like you have a problem with your prostate, but it has nothing to do with your prostate. Okay. So stretching yoga type stretches are really good for your pelvic floor health so could too many kegels strengthen the pelvic floor too much that this happens or not really you know i haven't seen it from kegels but i think along with any strengthening mm -hmm. you have to do moderation uh, moderation and you also have to do stretching mm, yeah. so anything that stretches your hamstrings uh your po your lower back um, you know, cat, cow, all, um, you know, yoga is really good for your pelvic floor health. Okay. And who should be getting their prostates checked or from what age? Yeah. So anybody with a family history of prostate cancer um, at the age of 40 and if with or African-American men at the age of 40, um, otherwise at the age of 50. Mm-hmm. Why are African-American men more uh, likely to get prostate cancer? Yeah, so there's a big genetic uh, uh, factor in prostate cancer, and African-American men have higher rates of prostate cancer, higher rates of more aggressive prostate cancer. And, you know, in some uh, communities, maybe less likely to go to the doctor mm -hmm. and be checked. And so it, does it have a... It has a genetic component. Absolutely. And also another thing that increases uh, uh, risk of prostate cancer is a bad diet. So a lot of animal proteins. So another thing to keep your prostate healthy is more of a, a plant-based diet. Mm. Okay. Eat your greens. Eat your greens. Okay. Um, let's talk about UTIs. While they're more unusual than in people with vulvas, what are the signs and are they more severe than people with vulvas because they're more unusual or not really? Well, they're not necessarily more severe, but you're right, they're, they're less common. Mm -hmm. So if a man gets recurrent UTIs, 
that's something that warrants a, an evaluation, maybe ultrasounds of the kidney and the bladder, <clears throat> sometimes even a cystoscope where we look inside the bladder. Mm -hmm. So women uh, are more prone to UTIs. Um, because our urethra is shorter. The urethra is shorter and the urethra is inside the vagina. So mm -hmm. during sex, the, the UTIs aren't sexually transmitted, but they're sexually provoked. provoked. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Unfair. But moving on. <laughs> okay. Question that is not on the list, but do you know what sounding is? Yeah, I know what sounding okay. is. Yeah, for those that don't know, sounding is a kink, basically, and it's inserting metal or rubber or some sort of rod, usually metal rods, in your urethra. Um, have you seen any uh, issues with people that do sounding? Well, we use sounds medically when we want, if someone has a narrowing of the urethra or if... Um, we have to put a scope in to do a procedure and it's narrow. Mm -hmm. To dilate. To dilate. Mm -hmm. So I've never seen a patient that I've had a sound that found it pleasurable. So I... Really? I mean, yeah. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend that you could get an infection. Mm -hmm. You could also develop scar tissue that can cause a stricture or a narrowing mm -hmm of the uh, urethra. The other thing that I've seen that's uh, sort of kink related is when you mentioned cock rings mm -hmm. before. Now, when people use these constricting rings that go over their penis and their scrotum. Like a cage. Or, yeah, or also a ring, or just a ring. Yeah, a ring. Like, Some the, of the, the rings. The ring that includes the, the yeah. scrotum. Uh -huh. And then they have uh, sex. Mm -hmm. And then they fall asleep and they don't take it off. Oh. That's a big problem. Yes. Because you get swelling. And I've had I've seen patients come to the emergency room with these thick metal rings. Yeah. And we you know how we had to get it got it off? We had to saw call the fire department oh my God. to saw it mm -hmm. off. So be careful. If yeah, you be use careful. those things. Take them off before you go to sleep. Yeah, sleep. take them off. But I do know multiple people that are into sounding. Like, they love it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> get it, but more power to you. Yeah. Just be careful and use jelly. Be careful and make sure they're clean. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Ooh, penis size. Mm. Do you get questions from your patients about their penis size? Is it normal? Is it? Am I in the average? Like, Or not really? Because it's not medically related, basically. <clears throat> yeah, no, people always, uh, yeah, it's not uncommon that guys um, will um, either ask me if their penis is normal, ask me if there's anything we can do to make it bigger, or when I'm examining them, they'll, you know, make a joke about, you know, how small they mm -hmm. are because, you know, they're embarrassed. But, I, you know... I don't know, but I haven't. Um, but it seems to me guys are more obsessed with it than uh, their partners are. That's completely true. <laughs> do you do penis enlargements at the clinic? I don't do penis enlargements, but I did. About uh, fifteen or twenty years ago, I was I did do them, but I stopped doing them because 
You know, I thought I was, uh, we were doing uh, surgery for a psychological disease. Mm. So, but now there's some better ways to uh, increase girth. I've so, heard the yeah. injections, to yeah. increase, to, they make them thicker, yeah. but it's like you have to rub it in the way, like it just like stays there and you have to like massage it to put it. Well, there it, are the- some <laughs> things that you can put implants in and mm-hmm. they can increase girth, but mm-hmm. it's very you know rare that you see a true like micro penis yeah so most penises are within the bell curve of normal and the um you know the from from the bottom of the bell curve to the top of the bell curve is not that, that i agree yeah just like above 80 inches it's like two percent of the male population um but Penis enlargements do exist. Um, I would try to work on it in a different way. Like, why is your size so important to you, right? And but they do exist, and people need to know. Yeah. So, but I would recommend, uh, you know, against um, anybody considering it. You know, any surgery has complications, and uh, you know, you got to work with what you got, and yep. uh, don't. Do something that may make it worse. Yeah, agree. And get amazing at all the other things. Uh, sex is not just about penetration and size. You only care about your size because of penetration, nothing else. So um, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Since reproductive rights have been in danger, have you seen? a big increase in people wanting to get vasectomies and actually getting them, not just asking about them. No, absolutely. I've seen a, a, a huge shift in, uh, so I've done probably at this point 4,000 vasectomies in my office under local anesthesia. Wow. They take 10 minutes, so I've done a lot of vasectomies. So I think uh, 10 years ago, I was doing, it was maybe once or twice a year I'd do a vasectomy on someone who had no children. Mm-hmm. And now I'd say uh, several times a month, maybe once a week I'd do a vasectomy on someone who has no children. So I think it's a more accepted uh, form of birth, con- permanent birth control. Mm-hmm. Uh, vasectomies are, should be considered permanent, but that said, they are reversible. Up to 10 years, right? But most effective under five years. That's correct. Um, so within five years, it's uh, very, very much uh, successful, the reversals. When you get out to about 10 and more years, it, you may do a very perfect repair, but the sperm is of a poor quality. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's so. If if you're sure you don't want to have children, it's a it's a great, safe, permanent, reversible uh, form of birth control. So we've done, as I said, four thousand. I've had a repeat five because there was a persistent sperm. So wow. it's you know it's that's, like one out of a thousand, one out of eight hundred. Yeah, that's like point zero one percent. Right. Um, that's a great success rate. Yeah. Well, you do need to go after three, uh, three months to get your sperm checked. We do it in about two months. Two months. Um, what about downtime? Can you tell people what the recovery looks like? Yeah, so the recovery after vasectomy is pretty easy. That night, ice packs. Mm-hmm. 
and just regular Tylenol. They um, could go to work the next day. A lot of times we'll do it on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so people just relax over the weekend. Friday's uh, vasectomy day. <clears throat> Friday's vasectomy day in my office, yeah. I love it. Um, and, you know, I, they can't, we don't want them to ejaculate for five days. Mm -hmm. And when they do start having sex intercourse again, they have to use protection until we get that semen test. Yeah. And, um, you know, things like riding a bike, you know, maybe a week or two. Mm -hmm. But it's a very easy recovery. Okay. And I know this is a very common concern. People think they're not going to ejaculate anything. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about that before. Mm -hmm. We And you were 100% right when you said the sperm makes up 1% to 2% of the total ejaculate volume. So that's the only thing we're blocking. Mm hmm so 98% of your semen seminal fluid will be the same. Right. So, yeah. so you'll still come. Um, no worries about that. And, okay. And no worries about babies. And so no sex, worries about babies. Sex is going to be better. Taking charge of your sexual health. But I love it. It's amazing. I actually find people with vasectomies like 100 times more attractive when they realize they have, they've had a vasectomy. It's the hottest thing ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you've been a, a urologist for many years. Mm -hmm. How do you think this has affected your personal life? Uh, well, when Viagra first came out, it was very, very popular um, because everybody wanted samples. <laughs> now it's generic, so it's not uh, as, as much of a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always in interested in, in sex was always something that I um, so I think um, I just sort of slid into this field and um, you know I think it's um, you know I've been married for a really long time so I guess I, uh, I learned a lot and uh, about the relationships so mm. uh, yeah it's been a really fun ride it, I've done a lot of research. So we were involved in the um, early days of Viagra and all the drugs and the clinical trials. I co-authored uh, many of those papers and the, um, the, some of the, a lot of the pro testosterone products on the market we were involved in and the development, many of the treatments for BPH, so uh, for enlarged prostate. Mm -hmm. So it's been a yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Okay. And do you think all of your knowledge has helped your marriage? Is it a part of the success of your long marriage? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess it has. I don't know why, uh, <laughs> what what it is. Maybe I have a very uh, uh, patient uh, wife. But, um, yeah, the, the one of the funny things, um, how it affected my marriage... Um, I developed a, um, now there's all these female enhancing uh, creams like and supplements gels. supplements and stuff? Okay, yeah. huh? So I was developed one of the first ones. Oh, wow. And it was called Dream Cream. And uh, we stopped uh, developing it. We stopped selling it because, for a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. you know, I think it really worked. But uh, my wife was my guinea pig, so we'd go to the lab, come up with new formulas, and come home mm -hmm. and say, all right, let's give this a go. That's great. Yeah.
Okay. Any exciting projects coming up that you want to share or goals for your practice? Yeah, so um, not too many. One thing we're doing that's really a lot of fun and patients are, are really seem to be having good results. We're doing this uh, low-intensity shockwave therapy for erectile dysfunction. Okay. So it's this uh, same te technology that's used to break kidney stones, but in a fraction of the power. Mm -hmm. And what, what it does is it's been shown pretty clearly and reproducibly to improve blood flow. So we do this to the penis, and it helps guys uh, with their erections. So 70% of our patients are having significant improvements. So that's been pretty exciting. Wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So when you talked about, before you asked me about the, you know, non-chemical ways to improve your erections, mm -hmm. that's one of them. And this is for what kinds of ED? Yeah, it's for guys who, yeah, it's for any form of ED. No, ultimately all ED is vascular. Okay. So if you're having a problem, it's not enough blood flow. Mm -hmm. Now what's causing that not enough blood flow? Is it your mm -hmm. adrenergia? So... So what happens when you have stress? The sympathetic nervous system fires, yeah. gets more active. Mm -hmm. So what does the sympathetic nervous system do? It causes blood Body vessels flow. to mm -hmm. contract. So anybody who's gone outside in cold weather, what happens to your hands get numb? Mm -hmm. That's because the sympathetic nervous system is trying to warm the center your of your body, yeah. your core, and it it um, causes the blood vessels to contract in your fingers. Well, the, your penis is an extremity, like your fingers. Not so, essential. <laughs> so your blood vessels will contract. So what you need to get an erection is you need the blood vessels to relax. So that's why stress causes it. So the, to going back to the question mm -hmm. about shockwave, it helps. Usually we do it with people with mild vascular ED, but it helps um, everybody. Everyone. 70%. I think that's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Kamineski, for coming on. Where can people find you? Yeah, so I have a, a practice in, in New York City. And um, on Instagram, uh, you can find me at, uh, at Dr. Jed Kamineski. That's Dr. Jed Kamineski, not Correct. doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what good. about your website or where can people find your practice if they want to book a consultation with you? Um, yeah, so we just joined a, a, a large national group that's called Solaris Health, and I'm part of the integrated medical professional um, um, group. So they can just go on to uh, find me on integrated medical professionals. Um, I think it's integratedmedicalprofessional.com or Solaris Health. I'll look Solaris it up and add it to the description. Okay, last few questions. What do you wish people knew more about you? About me? Well, sometimes, you know, in my uh, job, I have to cause a little bit of pain to people. So I really, really don't like doing that. So I do my best uh, uh, to make... Uh, their experience as um, painless as possible. And I really hate when people wait in my office. So mm -hmm. I try, it's, sometimes it's impossible as a doctor, but yeah. I, um, 
really do my best to to be as considerate the uh, those things to patients as oh, possible. Okay, that's that's so lovely. Okay, what do you wish people did more? Oh, um, had sex. <laughs> you should have more sex. Yeah. Okay, it's healthy. It's healthy. It makes you happy. It's good for your relationship. Um, you know, not just men, women, orgasms are, you know, so uh, integral to mental well-being and physical skin even. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everything. It, yeah. This so lovely. sex. Sex. Okay. And something you wish people did less. Stress. Stress is really bad. So we talked about penis size. That's Mm -hmm. one uh, thing. Stress about, there's so much bad stuff going on in the world I think it's like the biggest disease, honestly. It's like a disease. It's terrible. Stress. It affects everything. Well, it causes a lot of diseases. And with all the, you know, the bad stuff going around, going on in the world right now, whatever we think is so important and stressful is, uh, you know, nothing compared to what other people are dealing with. I agree. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Are you ready to turn off the lights? Okay, let's do it. (laughs) 